Hey everybody, it's Kylie and Shannon, and we are here with a bonus episode, Raising Balanced Children in Ministry. It's going to be so good. Stick around. It's winning the week time. Shanny. Hey. You miss me? I did. Where you been? We've been right here. (laughs) We had Snowmageddon. And a few other things that happened. And, other guns. Uh, other thing. Other guns. Other guns. All the guns. <laughs> but we're back and we're doing a bonus episode today. I'm really That's so excited. I'm kind of excited about it. It's the first bonus episode. I know. And everyone should be bonused by us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we should be a blessing to everyone we come in contact with. <laughs> or they should be blessed because, no, I'm just kidding. Because they know us. Hey, everybody in Winning the Week world. We are so glad you're here. We are yes, so glad. We are. Thanks for joining us. Thanks today. for joining us today. What do you What have you been up to before we we get on in to Listen, the things? You know, I have just been thankful that the warm weather is here. Yeah, just to be honest, I'm gonna just tell the truth. Shannon does what better with the sun, which I believe that most of us yes. do. It's um, a proven fact. This is a, a little side journey. Bonus. That most it's a bonus <laughs> <laughs> that most. Um, the most common trait that they see uh, in people that deal with anxiety and depression is they are depleted in vitamin D see? and magnesium. Amazing. So I'm not telling you to go get any of that because I can't say that. But I can say. Get out in the sun. Everyone needs vitamin D and magnesium yes. because it will it'll just make you happier yeah. uh, all the way around. It makes the sunshine come out. Yeah, ain't no sunshine <laughs> when she's gone. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're going to talk today about raising balanced children in ministry. And I think that this is something that every person should know, not just people in ministry. Right. Uh, kind of answer some questions as to why we've seen the opposite, why us PKs have gotten that bad rap sometimes mm. of oh they're pk pk kids oh, mm. i roll pk right <laughs> and uh which i understand uh you know all too well but we're gonna shed some light on it so um let's go there let's go there what you what you got you in your heart today and we can bounce of all, off and up back and forth okay first of all i think we need to know what ministry is because uh probably a lot of people think ministry is on the pulpit or true. on the platform. Mm-hmm. But that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Ministry, the actual definition means these two things, service or aid. So that means anytime I'm um, providing a service, giving a service, doing a service, or rendering aid to anybody. So what does that mean? When I am doing my children's laundry. Which is a lot. Let's just tell the truth. You got three babies. Three babies. That's so a lot it's a lot of laundry. So, but when I'm doing that, the word of God says that you do, uh, let everything you do be unto God. Mm-hmm. So as I'm doing laundry is unto God. So I'm providing a service for my children, mm-hmm. which is part of my ministry. Yes. Um, anything that you do, whether it's service in the church, whether it's service, you know, in the community, mm-hmm. that's part of your ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I think we kind of need to get our eyes off of saying, uh, you know, just the platform and saying, well, I don't have a ministry. You do. do. Everybody has a ministry of some sort. That's good. And I think if we, if we approach this bonus episode with that in our thinking that, uh, so people won't think, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not in ministry. You are in the ministry. That's good. That's good. You're in there. So that is really good. 
I um we're gonna go through uh first of all just you know our personal experience of what we found and then um show some scripture so let's let's start here let's start at psalm chapter is that what did you have a scripture first i can't remember well i i do go ahead but i don't know that it fits here but oh what's your first scripture my first scripture is Acts seventeen twenty eight, and i think it's important because um this is what it says and this, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, then I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Okay. The Amplified says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Passion says it this way, which is pretty cool. It is through him that we live and function and have our identity. That's good. So the reason I thought it was good to put that in here is because when we're living and moving and have our being in him, that's everything, everything we're moving in, our whole life, all of it um, is in him. Mm-hmm. So no matter what we do uh, for our family or whatever it is, it should be in him. In him. Providing that service or that aid. First of all, you're not alone in parenting. Right. In our next episode uh, on the podcast, we're going to talk about how to raise children uh, who refuse to be afraid who who uh how to raise children that are not controlled by fear right and uh so you don't want to miss that one but um first of all knowing who you are that across the board every area everything game changer and and you and i've talked about that on the podcast before like identity is a huge thing um and knowing that first off your spirit you have a soul. You live in a body. Right. Your identity is not what people ask you what you do. Thank you. So if I come to you, uh, and so many people, we've come, you know, you introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Kylie. Uh, and the next question almost is, what do you do? What do you do? Right. Because they want to know. They're trying to find out your identity, but it's not. It's it's a it's it's something that's more your calling. Right. Your identity is you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, you are made in the the likeness and the image of God, and you are loved. You are loved. You are (laughs) a speaking spirit that is loved. loved. And so when you understand that, and when you understand that there is nothing you can do that can separate you from the love of God, and when you understand that you are, you are, our job, our true identity is to be love distributors. That's so good. The divine love of God. Right. And distributing that. That's more than I'm a worship pastor or that's more than I'm a preacher. That's the main. The main is I distribute the love of God wherever I go. Right. Because worship pastor comes out of the love. Mm -hmm. Pastor comes out of the love. Evangelist, all those, all the offices should come out from that place of love. From that place of love. It's the filter. And as a, it is, it's the filter. And when you truly know who you are right you can love well love well i love that and i i i think we i we we make our calling our identity and then so if our if our office if you will that we are sitting or standing in if that office is is not perfect then we take that on as that's our identity does this make sense i don't know if it makes sense oh there goes my little thingy buffer i don't know what's going on hey hi 
Hi, how are you doing? Great. It does make sense. Yeah. Because people, if their identity is wrapped up in what I do, then if what I do changes, then who am I? Exactly. All of a sudden we have an identity crisis because our identity is wrapped up in what we do. That's good. It's so good. And if our identity, this is a side note, this wasn't in my notes. If our identity is wrapped up in what we do, then if we have, if, if, if our children act up in public. And they will. And they will, 100%. Disclaimer, they will do it. That does not, to me, constitute, okay, they can't act, I mean, they can't be a fool all the time. Right. right. But if they have one or two moments where they're tired, they're sleepy, you know, overstimulated, they're, they're overstimulated, oversugared, all the things, they're going <laughs> to act up. But I've seen parents freak out uh, over their child acting up in public. Why? For the for one reason and one Say reason it. only. They didn't want to be embarrassed. Right. Because they feel like they reflect who they are. That's right. So there's a balance there. We have to we have to come to the balance there. True. But um, Psalm chapter one twenty eight and verse three. I'm reading now the Amplified. It says, "Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of your house. Your children shall be like olive plants around your table." So let's let's dive into this. Um, your children. I'm going to really hone in on the second part. Your children shall be like olive plants around about your table. Your children, olive plants. Olive plants, here's some things that we know, some facts we know about olive plants. Number one, they're eternal. They like they live forever. They never die. They just keep going and going and going. In the Garden of Gethsemane in Israel today, you can go and you can walk by trees, olive plants, that were there at the same time at the time of Jesus. That's amazing. They saw him go through everything he went through. Wow. And they, I mean, they're girthy and huge and they just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. So when you think about how the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, uh, the, the scriptures God breathed, right? So this right. was put in there for a reason. It was important. Right. So your children are eternal. It's something we know, but we don't always have it at the forefront of our mind. You are raising an eternal spirit. Right. Uh, that spirit came from heaven it it was it's 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 nature is closer to god i think than most adults right because they're they they have just came from there so that realm is so familiar to them i think even more than Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of adults and in that sometimes we can look at them and go they're just a child Mm -hmm. but on the inside is that eternal being mm-hmm. in there. And I and you know that's why you hear so many kids that hear and see in the spirit but then as they grow older they don't as much sometimes right. why because it's they have not been in an atmosphere that cultivates right. that hearing heart. That is so true. And those seeing eyes. So so you're number one you're you're raising eternal spirits. Number two they're around about your table. Um, and this sticks out to me because if they're around about your table, that means that you are supplying their nourishment. That's right. Physically and spiritually. Yeah. And it's not coming from someone else. It's not coming from the children's church pastor, though. That's, they're important. They're vital. 
Right. But their primary nourishment, spiritually and physically, comes from you. Right, because let's, let's look at that just for a second. When it's time to eat, my children don't go next door to the neighbors and knock on their door and say, can you feed us today? Mm-hmm. They come to me right. and say, mommy, what's for dinner? Yep. What's for lunch? What's for breakfast? Mm-hmm. What are we having for a snack? And because they know that it's, I'm the one that provides that, that nourishment. The of that. And they know that. So they know where to go. Mm-hmm. They know where to look. And just because this says wife in the first part of this verse, that, I mean, I believe that's important. We are a vine in, a, in the house. We are a, a bringer of life to to a home. Um, but I believe this is just as important of men that they, they need to invest and water their children right, as they well. They have a part. They have a part. So then the next thing, uh, let's go to John chapter 7. And um, very familiar verse of scripture, but... But we know that olive plants are eternal. We know that they are around about your table. Something else we need to know about olive plants is they require a lot of water. They are usually in a place that has a water supply of some sort. So, so if we're looking at John chapter 7, and I believe I have it in the passion here, I do. John chapter 7, starting in verse 37, it said, then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones come to me, come to me and drink. Believe me, believe in me so that rivers of living waters will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. So for what do we know in this scripture? Number one, they're thirsty. People are thirsty, right? So if they're thirsty, if an adult is thirsty, a child is thirsty. That's true. Uh, I heard a child psychologist say, um, every child has two buckets hanging over their head at all times. Number one is an attention bucket. And number two is an affirmation bucket. Now, attention would also mean love. Okay. So um, you see when those two buckets get empty, that's when children start acting out. To get attention. To get attention, which they don't know what that is, but they just know they feel something. So if you are loving them correctly, that bucket is going to be full. That doesn't mean you have to coddle them all the time. It doesn't mean you have to snuggle them all the time. It means that make sure that you're intentional on feeling that bucket. And then the second bucket is the affirmation bucket, affirming them with your words, right? Not, I mean, you think about how many times a child gets in trouble over the course of a day or, or not even in trouble, but steered in the course of a day, then I believe the way I parent is that I should double up on that many times of affirming them That's and good. speaking life into them. Right. And it doesn't have to be much. I mean, it's me loving, hug, give them a hug and just whispering in their ear, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, that goes along with, uh, I know you've heard about it, but they put like rice in one jar and they put rice in another jar and they speak bad to one jar of rice and they speak you know, mm-hmm. affirming things to the other jar. And then the, the one where they spoke negative things to it, it decays and just terrible looking, but the other one, mm-hmm. and they've done it with plants and yeah. all kinds of things. So it's They're like a plant, like an olive, like plant. a plant. Yeah. So children need to make sure that th- both of those buckets are full. Now here's what I see in ministry. Well, we'll keep going. Never mind. We'll get there. We'll get there. So they're thirsty. These kids are thirsty. 
they're not thirsty for pastor so-and-so. They're not thirsty for evangelists, this, that, and the other. And they're, they don't get their water from what is happening while you're preaching. Right. They get their water from when you are in direct contact with them or when they're around about your table, so to speak. Um, and, and I believe that there is a supply. If, if it's true, the master said it's true out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, you and I both agree that the water that comes forth out of you is not necessarily for you. Right. The water that comes forth out of you is to minister to others around you. And I believe that there is a supply of the spirit, the, the water, the Holy Spirit that comes out of you for your ministry. But I don't think it's the first, the first water. I think that there is a supply, firstly, for the babies that you're growing up. Absolutely. And so when we misplace that water and we're pouring it only into the, the people in ministry and our babies are, are getting thirsty at that expense, then that is an imbalance. It's, it's something that, that shouldn't be. And even as small as they are, they understand it. They do. And that it can cause them to have wrong perceptions about ministry, mm-hmm. such as ministry is what pulls my mommy or my daddy away from me. Ministry is what takes their attention off of me. Right. And so they start, and uh, the enemy is very good to come along and affirm those wrong perceptions with thoughts and Absolutely. other things and feed uh, those, the, the perception that, oh, ministry is bad because it takes people away from me that I love. Right. Which is wrong. It's not right. It's not the truth, but that's how the enemy works because he doesn't want you or a child or anybody else having right understanding of uh, the word or ministry or God or anything like that. So he works with perceptions yeah. and lies yeah, absolutely. and deceit because mm-hmm. that's all he has. That's all he's got. So he would love to come in mm-hmm. and paint a picture yeah. that's wrong mm-hmm. to your child about you being in ministry yeah, or anybody else being in ministry. So good. You know, mom, we were talking with, uh, our mom, Shelly, uh, the other day, and she brought out a quote from Lester Summerall. And what, one thing he said, and this is a paraphrase that you should involve your children in right. ministry, which both of us have done from day one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you think about, well, just for myself, I think about even when I was pregnant and all the prayer groups I was involved in, that, I mean, we know that prayer is more caught than taught. Mm-hmm. So even having the baby in the womb like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still, you don't have to wait till they're outside. I mean, they're receiving in the womb like that and creating that atmosphere that's so familiar, like breathing. Yes. That that prayer and the sounds of prayer, all that, it's, it's just a natural, normal thing that we do. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And, and, and letting them be involved. Right. Um, now, there is a, I've, I've noticed this sometimes. Um, first of all, we know we're spirit, soul, and body. But I think one of the primary things that the, you have to train your children and the water that comes out of you in them is they have to know that they're spirit, soul, and body. And they have to know that other people 
our spirit, soul, and body. Because what, what happens, especially I see this in pastor's kids and as a traveling minister, and I've been to a bunch of churches and you meet the family when you go, you meet the pastor's kids and this, that, and the other. Um, a lot of times I've sat at the table and the pastor's kids have told me what's going on in all of these different people's lives in the church. And, and my, my concern in that sometimes is number one, they have to know that, um, Christians make mistakes, but that doesn't mean, or Christians fail, but that doesn't mean Jesus fails. So, so these children, as they're growing up, and they're, they're seeing, you know, rollover in ministry, people struggling. The, you know, um, unfortunately, I, it's sad to me that a majority of ministers struggles as financially as they do because, you know, the children see the struggle and then the enemy could take that and say, well, you know, if they went and got a job in the world, they wouldn't be doing this, but ministry they're here right. instead of that. So understanding spirit, soul, and body, understanding and teaching them that just because a person fails, even a person who says they know the Lord, even a person in ministry, even a person with high clout doesn't mean that that is a representation of Jesus. Right. Because, you know, so many times we've heard, well, um, that they don't like quote unquote Christians anymore they walk away from the father these these pks and they walk away from the, from him because of how christians treated them right right and i think it, so it's all going to go back as we've talked so many times to the love of god mm-hmm. that uh, we are distributors of the love of god that we're not religious people that we have a relationship with the Father God who is love. Yes. That we have a relationship with love himself. Yes. And as we live and move and have our being. Yes. We are distributing love. And first of all, to our to our family. To our family. To showing our children the love of God. Mm-hmm. And treating them and filtering everything we do and say through the love of God. Yeah. And even for me, asking the Father... To show me his heart for them. So good. Because each one of my children are different. Mm -hmm. I cannot treat them all like cookie cutters, like they're all the same because they're vastly different. Yeah. The three of them. So if I ask him to show me the way he sees them and their gifts and their talents, then I can see them rightly. And then water. So good. Through the love of God, Mm -hmm. those callings and those giftings on the inside of them. But so many times... I think um, PKs or any any child in, in in that's involved with people in the ministry um, can see the religious side, yes, which is the do's and the don'ts, and uh, where there's no relationship, it's just rules that we follow and things that we do and things that we don't. It becomes very um, non. It becomes very judgmental, very much, and it becomes very. Um, unloving yeah because religious it's not about love relationship mm-hmm. is about love and i think sometimes that's what they see as the religious side of things and it can create a um we all know that we can be judged very harshly in the world absolutely every single day but when kids see that in the church they're like why why should i go why should i 
consider myself a Christian if they don't act any differently yeah. than the world because it's already the word of God says we're already set apart. It's true. So and that goes to being consistent as consistent. a parent. How you act at church on a Sunday, right, should be how you act at home on a Monday. Like don't don't present two versions of yourself. Right. That confuses a little one. It does. Um when we were at Raymond, one thing they said, they said hypocrisy, kids can read it faster than anything else. They can see it. Right. And if you're acting hypocritical because how you're acting on Sunday is different how you're acting on Monday, they're going to be able to read that. That's so good. And, and it's not real to them anymore. How many young people today are looking for the real? That's all they're looking for. Some Somebody to be real with them. Be real. Be real with me. Because there's so much fake and pretentiousness in the world that they're searching and searching and searching for the real thing. They want the real you know, brother, it's either Brother Higgin or Brother Copeland, one of them, said the victory doesn't lie in taking the TV out of your house. The victory lies in having a TV, but having the, the internal discipline not to watch what you're not supposed to watch. Right. And I, I, I believe that there is, in bringing that balance, yes, there's a separation unto God. Yes, there is th- this, that, and the other. I had a PK that I'm friends with on uh, social media. She posted a sign. She said, Christians started cancel culture because we would can- we've been canceling <laughs> things forever. We've been canceling Disney. We've been canceling. Um, I, I remember when I was a kid, my Mimi was preaching at a Brother Copeland convention in California. I walked in as a little kid with a Cabbage Patch doll and sat on the front row with them. And my grandmother's ministry got letters because they allowed me to have a cabbage patch doll. Because at the time in the eighties, there was something demonic about a cabbage. They have six devils or something. So <laughs> six. So I couldn't be wrong. I, I mean, I couldn't disagree with her much. We did start cancel culture as the church, not necessarily to the extent that they are right. in right now. But the thing about it is, the victory is not taking things away from your children. Right. The victory is in teaching your children. Why we make the choices that we do. Why do we do this? Because it doesn't feed you. It doesn't water you. Another thing with the word of God I learned growing up was not just saying, hey, uh, when my mom would be like, read the Bible. And I'd be like, this is like the most boring thing in the whole world. But my mom taught me how to look up the meaning of words Mm -hmm. so that I could not just read, but I could learn to study. And that changed how I viewed the Bible. Because I learned how to study it. It was like a mystery to me. And I liked reading Goosebumps novels and, you know, adventure things. So it was like I could break it down. I could find the code, you know. And and so I think that's that, too. We're not asking our kids to read, you know, a whole chapter. If you want to camp out on one verse and study that out, then do that. And making it fun for them to do that. And and getting that them excited about that. But keeping your word, involving your kids in ministry, understanding that people don't always represent Jesus. They should, but they don't. And we're only responsible for our relationship with Jesus. Right. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Person. We were just talking about that, that, you know, for me, that was important in my house is presenting the Holy Spirit, not as blob somewhere Mm -hmm. or some untouchable thing that, no, he's... The person, Holy Spirit, the person, and that 
we can talk to him the same as you and I are talking right now, that he's approachable, he's on the inside of us, he's as close as our breath, and that he loves for you to talk to him. Yes. And uh, that's one of the things that I've always done with my kids is present him that way, that he loves you to ask questions, he loves for you to, you know, involve him in things, just like, you know, we were talking about ministry uh, and having this one life. We don't have church life over here, work life over here, friends and family over there, and then ministry. We have one life to live. One life. And in the one life is everything combined. Yep. My family, my ministry, my my career, it's all one life. Yeah. And so what does that mean? It means when I'm doing laundry, it means when I'm doing the dishes, mm-hmm. that that is part of my ministry. Yes. Because I have a ministry to my family. And as I'm doing those things, making the beds, uh, doing their hair, getting them in the bathtub, taking down the trash, all the things, that is my one life. Yeah. And it contributes to the plan of God. Yeah. So good. It's so good. It's so good because I think sometimes we get compartmentalized in our brain and we want to compartmentalize all these different aspects of our life when really all of it contributes contributes to the plan of God. Absolutely. For our life. One life. And we've been called to train up children in the way they should go. That's right. So that when they're old, they won't depart from it. That's right. Which means we are called and anointed by God to set them on the path, the derrick for their life. That's, that's so That's good. the word in Hebrew is derrick. It's the path. The path. And, you know, the Jews believe that your path is written in you before you're born and um, what you're called to do, what your anointing is. And so as you look at your children and you're studying your children, you can see different areas that they're strong in, different things. Like Judea is very artsy. She's super artsy. Right. And... Um, and so then you, instead of just giving them the gamut, you look at their path and you, you empower them along that path. Right. And, um, so if we're so busy with our head in ministry and, and, and chasing fires, because I was a pastor for 10 years, I understand Usually the ones that are the neediest are the ones that don't listen the most, usually. But if we're so busy with those people and we miss looking for the Derek in our children, they're starting off their path once they finally like, oh, get 18. Oh, what am I going to do now? I don't know. But and not what path we want them to take. No, it's the path that was written in their DNA. That's right. And um, and and acknowledging that and empowering them along that path. It's so good because that's Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. So good. That's just what you're talking about. Those things that they are um, kind of, it's kind of like they mm-hmm. they turn their attention to yeah. or like what your dad's art with my, with my oldest, my son. He has a gift for debate and the law and justice and so what are we doing? Right. We're directing him in that path, and he's going to start even this next fall taking some law and different things even while he's in high school because he has that bent. He has that gifting on the inside of him. So even as they are as young as even Eliana, yes, you can start to see 
uh, where she is strong, the things that she's naturally um, gifted towards, those things, and you it you can't, you don't have to wait no. till they're eighteen. You can start seeing those things all along the way. Train up a child all along the way, all along the way. in the way she go. And, he, and then it goes on to say, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And if you are guiding them along their bend, right. like it says in that scripture, mm-hmm. the struggle is going to be a lot easier than you've got to, you want your child to be a cheerleader and they have they don't give a rip about cheerleading. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm not just saying that for cheerleading moms, but I'm saying, as parents, we all have ways we would like our children sure. to do. Like, I really wanted a basketball <laughs> child. Like, give me one, Lauren. Just one. And I might have one. I, I'm. She is more athletic than her older sister. But when I got Fufu Lala Judea that came out, you know, and I was like, I could force her. She could. But would it behoove anybody? No. No. It becomes a place of frustration. And and I believe that's the same with the, with the Lord. Right. There is a relationship with God that doesn't have to look like anybody else's relationship with God that your children are going to have. That is so good. But you can follow that bend. What interests them in the Bible? Follow that bend. Right. Don't let make them make sure they know that you love that you love them, that God loves them. Right. Protect them from church gossip. Doesn't need to happen. They don't need to know everybody's business. Right. And the final, my final thing is, keep your word. If you're saying you're going to be somewhere, you're going to do something, keep your word. Why is that important? Because as we train up our children, God always keeps his word. So if they see us keeping our word, we're a representation of him on this earth mm-hmm. that we say we're going to do it. And sometimes as parents, it's hard. We can be exhausted. Yep. But we got to keep our word. That we gave. Because we're teaching them to trust. Teaching them to trust. They can't trust their earthly father and mother. That's right. How are they going to learn to trust their heavenly father? So good. So right. So that is our podcast for today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's the bonus, bonus episode. Bonus. bonus, bonus, bonus. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you share this podcast on your social media? Also, would you go ahead and rate it? Give us a uh, stars and comment it. When you do that, then you expand the reach of this podcast and we believe it'll be a blessing to someone in your life. We'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and find us on social media. All the information is where you're listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear from you and talk to you and let us know who all's out there. Until next time. Bye. (laughs) 